welcome to the Everyday Extraordinary Podcast, where every week I interview a different amazing person who will share about their life journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. I'm excited to share with you everyday people living their lives with purpose, perspective, and positivity. And my hope is that in hearing these stories, you'll view your own story as extraordinary too. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and I am so excited to get started. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number seven of the Everyday Extraordinary Podcast. It's Jessica. Thanks for tuning in today. I have an incredibly inspiring episode for you today, a conversation I had with a woman who has been dealt a difficult hand of cards, and yet she is living life to the fullest and giving her daughter, who has spinal muscular atrophy, SMA, every chance at a joyful, abundant life. It is just so amazing. Grace Grutter is my guest, and she's going to share about her journey to becoming a mom, how her background somewhat equipped her for the challenges that lay ahead, and how she continues to choose joy, even in the face of difficulties. It is an amazing episode, and I cannot wait for you to get to know Grace today. So let's get to my conversation with the amazing Grace Grutter. Alrighty, I'm so thrilled to be chatting with Grace Grutter this morning. Hi, Grace. Hi. How are you? We are good. We are good. Where do you live? I live in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, nice. How's the weather there? You're at Midwest is having a deep freeze, huh? Yeah, it's terrible. We've got freezing rain right now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you just hunker down. And a few of those days are cozy, but after too many, it's like, okay, we need normal again. Yes. Exactly. All the kids are getting stir crazy and ready to get out, and we just can't. <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, I'm just thrilled that you took time out of your day to chat with me on the podcast. I think you are so extraordinary. I think your daughter's extraordinary. I just think your family is so yes. awesome. So I would just love to hear just a little background for people that don't know you yet about your family. Sure. Um, thank you so much for having us on, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I am Grace. I am actually a pediatric nurse. Um, I'm married to my college sweetheart, Baron. Um, We met and got uh, started dating way back in 2005, got married in 2008. Um, He is a dentist, and um, in 2011, we had our first child together, Bowen. And then two years later, we had our daughter, Nella. Mm -hmm. And then um, in 2017, sorry, it's like once you get three kids or more you get kind of confused (laughs) this is when we had um Corwin who he is 18 months now so that is our family beautiful and being a pediatric nurse I mean that must be a really rewarding thing and also really hard to to see hard things especially once you start having kids and everything and you have that perspective of that medical background what did that do what did that do for you you know it's kind of it's been a blessing and I wouldn't say a curse but it it I feel when I first became a mom, I was so worried about everything like with Bowen because I just knew too much. Like Mm -hmm. sick kids were my norm, if that makes sense. Um, So like normal, healthy kids kind of felt like an exception. Like I didn't know how to do that. But um, but then at the same time, once Nella was diagnosed, I feel like I was able to recognize something was wrong quicker had I not been a pediatric nurse and, um, a lot of her care, I already knew how to do. So it Mm -hmm. wasn't scary to me and it wasn't, well, a lot of it is still 
it was still scary, but a lot of it was routine, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't, it was more of like, okay, I can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that has been um, a huge blessing in that regard. And I don't feel like, I feel like God orchestrated that, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I've seen a lot of terrible things, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be able to care for people and care for kids and care for the family. And I really think that it helped shape my mothering and um, how I am with Nella. So, yeah. No, I absolutely 100% believe our kids are meant for us. We're the perfect mom yes. for our children. And yes. I would definitely say that your professional background equipped you for what God knew that you would be facing down the road. And not that it makes it easier. And it probably is so different treating and, and helping your own child through these struggles versus you know a third party that you don't have that emotional connection to. I can only imagine Absolutely. But then the compassion that you can offer to other families going through something similar because you do know what it's like. Yes. Um, exactly. That's just invaluable. I can only imagine. So, yeah, let's yes. talk about your sweet girl, Nella. Tell yes. me about that pregnancy and early motherhood with her, and when did you find out about her diagnosis? Absolutely. So my pregnancy with Nella, other than the hyperemesis gravidarum, where um, oh gosh. I was throwing up constantly, um, other than that, my pregnancy with Nella was normal, um, uncomplicated. Her birth was great. She was actually my easiest baby to nurse. She latched on right away and took breastfeeding like a champ. Um, my There was nothing in my pregnancy to um, signal or warn any, you know, of any... Um, anything to come. Um, and she was born healthy. We came home from the hospital, you know, just ready to start, um, our family. And she was so strong. I have a picture of her at 11 hours old, holding her head up on my chest. (laughs) She was just so strong. And then I have another video of her at nine days old, like on her, on tummy time. And she's basically throwing herself over. She was so strong. (laughs) So, um, around six weeks, I started to notice that, um, Like, if I had her in her um, car seat, her legs just weren't, like, kicking as much. And, like, if I put her in the bathtub and, like, her little bath seat, like, she just wasn't kicking. And um, then when I'd put her down for tummy time, she wasn't pushing up as much anymore. So she was regressing in her development. Um, And so around two months, I took her to two of my girlfriends who are both pediatric physical therapists. And I even brought up. I think that this might be SMA and both of them told me no um she's just a very chubby baby she's got (laughs) reflux she's just you know on her own time schedule you know and um so then uh, probably around 10 11 weeks I just I felt crazy because I knew something was wrong and I could not get anybody to really confirm that they thought so too Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I had friends say, I think you've got some postpartum depression I, because you're, you, you've got this in your head that something is wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was so hard because I, I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't get anyone to listen to me. You know? And my husband, I think he, I don't know if he was in denial or he, but he just didn't really think anything was wrong either. Mm-hmm. And so finally at 11 weeks, I took her into our pediatrician and I said, I'm not leaving until you look at her and agree with me. 
And he said, you're right. I, I think something's wrong. Um, and so the next day we went in to see the neurologist, which was amazing that we got in the next day. And he looked at her tongue, and by the way her tongue, well, I told him all the symptoms, and the way her tongue was moving, she had something called tongue fasciculations. He handed her back to me and said, she has Wernick-Hoffman syndrome. And hmm. I said, well, what's that? And I was like, if you don't tell me, I'm going to Google. Like, you just be <laughs> up front with me. Tell me. I, I'm smart. I know this stuff. And he said, well, it's fatal. And just the paralyzing crushing grief that just strikes in that moment was I threw up it was just awful were you by yourself in that no I had my mother and Baron's mother with me thank Thank goodness yes yes wow Wow. um so then the nurse came in and she I laughed because it's all it's like here's this huge diagnosis and here's a handout (laughs) Mm. and she handed me this handout and it said spinal muscular atrophy type one and that's when I put together what it was and I just lost it and then I had to call my husband who was at work and tell him and that was probably one of the most crushing moments of my entire life hey everyone isn't grace amazing we're going to dive more into her story and her continued journey but I wanted to thank one of our show sponsors today and that is branch basics are you wanting to get rid of unnecessary and harmful toxins from your home We're kind of living in an age where people are becoming much more aware of the things that they are exposing themselves and their kids to, and cleaners are a big issue. In 2000, cleaning products were responsible for nearly 10% of all toxic exposures reported to U.S. poison control centers. Well, Branch Basics is a biodegradable formula that won't leave harmful residues behind. So you can get rid of all your conventional cleaning products and use just Branch Basics. You can literally clean any room in your house with water, and their concentrate. The way you use it is super simple. They give you refillable bottles that you simply fill with water and Branch Basics concentrate. You shake it and you use it. You can clean your bathrooms, your kitchen, and even your hands and face because it is non-toxic. No animal testing, plant and mineral based, no preservatives. This is the real deal and you can feel good about using this in your home. So if you want to clean your house safely and effectively with Branch Basics, my listeners get 15% off of a starter kit by going to branchbasics.com and entering my code EMP at checkout. That's branchbasics.com with promo code EMP to get 15% off your starter kit. That's what I started with. Branchbasics.com with promo code EMP. I have been loving using this and I would love for you to give it a try. You can also head over to my Instagram stories at jessicadolquist3, and I'm going to show you exactly how I use Branch Basics in my home and how easy it is to use. Thank you so much, Branch Basics, for sponsoring the show. Now let's get back to it with Grace. So that big, long name that you just said that I can't repeat, is that the same as SMA, or does it go with it, or is it different? Explain that to me. So with spinal muscular atrophy, there are four different types. Wernig-Hoffman syndrome is the correct medical term for type 1. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Yes. And is type 1 the most severe? Because I know there are different prognosis and everything. Mm -hmm. There's a very rare type called type 0, which presents in birth. So basically the babies are born. They don't move much in utero. They're born not breathing, um, not moving. Um, and that is a very rare type 
and most of those babies do not live very long without Mm -hmm. intervention. Um, And then SMA type 1, which is what Nella has, is the the most common type of SMA. It accounts for 60% of SMA um, diagnoses. So that is the most common. Okay. And so what does that look like? What are the common traits? And I mean you're given a terminal diagnosis. It just, I, I can't even imagine right. the wave of a new normal that you know you're facing. How do you even begin to process right. that? So what did you think? Right. It's, yeah. And SMA has come such a long way. And I say in our short time of diagnosis, but when Nella was diagnosed, the neurologist told us, you have weeks to months left with her. Take her home and love her for the time that you have left. Mm-hmm. And that was it. You know, so it was, we brought her home and I mean, we were, you were shocked. You're, you're just in this, it's like almost another world. Like, is this really happening? Is this, and so what I did was I had so many people asking for, um, updates and texting me. And so I started her prayer page on Facebook and I said, everybody, I need you to follow this because this will be my way of updating everybody. Cause I can't, you know write everyone back and I can't. So I started that page on Facebook and it got shared quite a bit. And that's when, um, another local family in Kansas city said, Hey, so many people have told us about you. Can we come over? And they came over and they said, you have options here. You know, um, you can choose BiPAP, you can choose a feeding tube, you can, you know? And, um, so I really feel like they changed our world and gave us hope, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, you Google something or you read the handout and it doesn't right. have to be your child. You know, like every case right. is so different. And you know that as a nurse, but I mean, exactly. you kind of put a lot of trust in in doctors and experts and everything right. like that. So if they're saying, just enjoy the next few weeks or months, how do right. you know to believe otherwise until somebody tells you, bless them? <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I give everything of Nella being here to them because had they not stepped in had they not like thank god for facebook and thank god for the internet you know because they were able to hear of us and came over and i mean nella was so happy i mean at even 11 weeks old um we we always say that nella is our guide with all of this you know we let her guide us and she is so happy and so spunk like spunky and Mm -hmm. sassy and just the happiest five-year-old girl and so it's like yeah we know everything we're doing is right for her and so um we have a lot of peace I guess with that that we've done the right thing for her and that she's happy and so and I but I mean it's it's something that we're that we take day by day you know so everything we do is for her but she's our guide yeah so yeah and all of this is understanding this is your new normal. It's not that, right. you know, there's not significant things that change your day every single day and significant Absolutely. needs that she has and everything, but you've accepted what is and you're just putting one foot in front of the other. I wanted to break in just one more time and thank our show sponsor, Lola. Did you know the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose the comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products? So most of them don't. Well, Lola can help you rest assured because they offer complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. 
it's really kind of sickening thinking the types of ingredients that are used in other products. And so these are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. It makes your month a little easier. They offer customizable subscription boxes so you're never low on supplies, they come right to your door, and it could not be easier. This is a company founded by women for women, and that is something I can get behind. Also, you can do good with your purchase because for every purchase, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the US. I love Lola's mission, the quality of their products. It's just a fabulous organization. So for 40% off all subscriptions, visit mylola.com and enter EEP when you subscribe. So easy. I'd love you to take advantage of that amazing offer and I wanna thank Lola personally for making my life easier and for sponsoring the show. Let's get back to it. Like I said, she's been our guide and she's so happy and she's, how can we not, you know, mm -hmm. how can we not choose joy and move forward? And then we have our other two boys who are happy and they love their sister. And I don't think that our children realize that our life is hard or different, you mm. know? Um, so, I mean, it just makes it all worth it. That means you're doing a great job. That means you are doing a great job to Thank to you. really approach it in a way of this is our normal this is this is our yeah. family and we wouldn't want it any other way absolutely and you mentioned she's five so yeah. she went way beyond the months and that that you were told initially i can only imagine right. i have three boys i can only imagine as she reached her first birthday as she reached these milestones she lost a right. tooth. She lost a tooth the other day, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> I do just. Oh, so funny because I knocked it out while washing her face. Oh no! And then I was screaming because I was so excited and crying, and I was just, you know, that's just a big thing. And she's looking at me like, "Mom, are you okay?" Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I you just and it's the things that most of us take for granted. Yeah. You know, we yes. we forget to to honor the tooth fairy thing under our kid's pillow, right? <laughs> like right, we just get right. caught up in the things that we think matter that don't. And here you are running around the house with the waving her tooth around. And it's just, this is what needs to be celebrated in our kids. Yes. And, and it's hard Absolutely. for, as a mom of typical children, it takes hearing about a family like yours and and seeing your appreciation to kind of snap me back into gear of, I need to be thankful for this day and what I have right in front of me, not thinking too far into the future or wishing that things were different, you know. How do you kind of reconcile those things? Because you do have that perspective shift. She's your constant reminder of live each day to the fullest and appreciate what you have. But then at the same time, you're also human, right? right. So do you kind right. of toggle between those two you know what I mean oh my goodness yes so I when I spoke before the FDA in um April 2017 I tried to convey how complex it almost is to be a parent of a medically fragile child because we have to live every single day as if there's normal you know yeah. like I've got to get my kids up I've got to get my boy on the bus I've got to maintain my household I've got and then I've got Nella, and, and it's like, okay, is she breathing? I'm constantly assessing, like, how is she currently? And then I've also got this huge anticipatory grief mm. that is always there, and it's always taking its toll. And, you know, maybe some days it's quiet, and maybe some days it's really loud. 
but it's almost always there. Um, they also say that parents of um, medically fragile children have stress rates that um, are the same as combat soldiers, but it's not our life that's on the line. It's our child's right. and it, it's her life is in my hands, you know, right. at all times. So it's like, we're just incredibly complex because there's that stress and there's that grief. But then it's like, we've got, we're here right now. We've got to, I, you know, I've got to do, I'm a mom and I've got to do everything and I've got, I've got to be happy. And I truly am happy. I really feel that I am very happy and grateful in my day-to-day life. We're so complex. Never would I consider Nella's terminal disease a gift, but in the way of that, I know every day is a blessing, you know, and it's not to say that there are days that I don't go to bed, like or seven o'clock rolls around and I'm like, I just want to go to bed. Like I'm tired. Like I want my kids to go to bed because I'm, I'm a mom and I'm human and I have those too. But what I'm hearing you say is that, yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't choose this for her. You wouldn't choose this for all of you. That's not the gift, but she is the gift. You, and you wouldn't not choose her. And this is part of her. Right. And we all have right. parts of us and parts of your other children that that right. may be challenging too. And yes. when we sign up to be a mom, we accept all of it. Exactly. Absolutely. And yeah. I always say like, I want this life forever because I want a life with Nella forever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like, I know it's hard and it's different, but it's a gift. And I would choose Nella absolutely a million times over and choose this life. And I, I thank God every day for giving her to me because as a, a pediatric nurse, so many kids with chronic conditions that weren't in good homes or didn't yeah. have loving parents or were left at the hospital for weeks and months with no parent. And the nurses became the parent, the moms. And, you know, yeah. so I feel like that perspective also, you know, I have that in that, thank God, God gave her to me and I can keep her home and healthy. And I, you know, right. I, I'm rambling on, but no, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I think that is such a beautiful perspective and that goes for any of our kids in our care. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just as important for Bowen and for your other son to, to feel that same urgency to love them and to be there for them and to do everything for them because you're their mom that's what we do that's why it's so stressful (laughs) exactly exactly oh I love that so for people that aren't familiar with SMA she's now five can you paint a little picture about what you deal with and what she deals with on a daily basis what is what does that look like Yes. yes so she has SMA so my husband and I are both carriers of this disease um we both passed on a deleted gene to her. Um, and so a lot of people will say this is like ALS, but in babies. Mm. So she has atrophy and pretty much most of her muscles. And, um, so like, if you think about it, swallowing, like that's a muscle that, that requires, you know, hard work. So Nella has lost her ability to swallow, which affects many things. She cannot eat orally. So she has a G tube. Um, she needs constant suctioning because she can't remove those secretions in any way. Um, so she uses um, a ventilator, ventilator via a BiPAP mask because those lung muscles aren't strong enough to 
always breathe on their own. She can come off her mask, but she does need that assistance to open those lung muscles. Um, and another big thing that she uses is something called a cough assist, which a lot of patients with neuromuscular diseases use. Because if you think about it, like when you have a cold and you have something, you know, stuck right here, you use a big forceful cough to clear that. Mm-hmm. She can't do that. So right. what the cough assist does is it's this revolutionary machine. It's really awesome. And it blows air in quickly to her lungs and then it pulls it out very quickly. Mm-hmm. So it's simulating a cough. Wow. And that machine has actually saved her life several times when something gets stuck here and we need to get it out quickly. Wow. So we, we use that cough assist machine several times a day. We um, suction her several times a day. She's constantly getting fed through her feeding tube. Um, she has her BiPAP mask on a good part of the day. Um, she's on a pulse ox. So, you know, kind of like if your child is in the hospital and they have the monitors on them, she's got one of those. So we're constantly assessing, you know, her numbers and everything. And this is so hard for me to, I feel like on my Instagram, I don't necessarily talk about this a lot because I, as a pediatric nurse, I see so many kids who this is their daily life and this is who they are and they're happy and they're, but for some reason, I feel like a lot of adults who don't see it or aren't familiar with it can think that she's suffering just because she needs these machines. Mm. And that's not it at all. Mm. You know, she is so happy. This is just part of Nella and it's what she needs to be alive and it's I know it's overwhelming but to us now it's not a big deal Mm. you know it's just her it's like for a diabetic they need insulin to save their lives like that doesn't mean that they have no quality of life you know so it's just I don't know and I, I really hope that by sharing our story too we're helping others learn about not disability, but inclusiveness. And Mm -hmm. like when you see another family out or if you see us out, then you think, Hey, they're out having a great time, you know, and not like, wow, I can't believe they're out, you know? Right. Um, I just want, I mean, and my son, like he's grown up around it at one time when he was, I think three and four, three or four, we were at TJ Maxx, just me and him. And we saw another little girl walk by, um, come by with a wheelchair. And Bowen just walked right up to her and said, hey, I like your pink wheelchair. My sister's is pink, too. Mm. And it was like, like the mom looked at me and I looked at her and we just both were like almost crying because it was like, you know, like that's what we want. That's, you know, so. I love that. (laughs) I love that so much. And on this show, I do try and ask the questions that I think other people might want to ask that may not feel comfortable. And so... Nella needs friends. She loves things yes. just like is she I mean, she's a little five year old girl. Of course she does. Yes. Yes. Tell me what it means for her do, to get an invitation somewhere. Or because she can't just do play dates like right. a typical child can do play dates. So how would that look if I want to extend friendship to your family and to Nella? How can I do that in a way that that fits in with, with your normal? Oh my goodness, that means so much to me, honestly, um, and to Nella. So her, the friends who have invited her, that has been, you know, we show her the invitation. And sometimes if it's during like cold and flu season, mm-hmm. um, we know that, you know, it's not necessarily going to be an option. But I've had friends who say, I, 
I'm monitoring my child to make sure they're not sick. I'm telling the other kids who are coming to, you know, not be sick. Um, we had it here. I know that it's um, accessible, which is honestly a huge thing. Okay. You know, and mm-hmm. so anything like that is just huge to know, just to be invited and to, and even those friends who have gone above and beyond to make sure things are accessible or to, you know, monitoring to make sure their kid's not sick or right. to let us know if their kid is. Um, just like stuff like that is huge, huge. And I mean, she does have play dates. I have friends who bring their kids over and they play not, we don't really do too much during cold and flu season just cause mm-hmm. that's hard. But, um, Nella goes outside with her friends and we play in the front yard and, <laughs> um, they come over and they play LOL dolls with her. And so, yeah, it, it she's, she loves it. I mean, we're, cautious but at the same time she's five and we have to you know let her do what she wants to do so yeah how could I ask you that question um so if I were to say hey we're having a birthday party I mean I guess I could just say wouldn't does Nella want to come and here's the invitation or could I say um you know what accommodations can we make to make it easier for you and for Nella or how could I how could I approach you with that both of those would be amazing. Okay. Just the invite in itself to know that we're still included and, you know, everything like that is huge. Mm-hmm. And then the what accommodations could I be? Like, that would make, I think, any special needs parent tear up, you okay. know, just to know that someone is going out of their way to make it easier and make, you know, like that would be right. That would be amazing. Yeah. Because I think so many parents are afraid that. You know, oh, it's probably too much, or they wouldn't want to come anyways. And so that parent makes the decision, not you. So I think maybe the important thing to remember is extending the invitation allows the ball to be in your court, and then you can decide, is this a good time? Is this an activity she can do? Would would this be worth it? You know, but but let you decide, not me. Don't withhold friendship just because we're afraid. Absolutely. That is Mm -hmm. exactly it. just knowing we're included, yeah. you know, is, is huge is means everything to families like us. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I think that will help a lot of people, um, to just step out and be a little bit more, more bold. I love it. Yes. Yes. So when I talk to, um, other mothers and other people of children with special needs and medically fragile parents and things like that, a lot of times there is a burden when it comes to being there for their other children and making them feel important and giving them the time because I can only imagine how much time goes into caring for Nella and her medical needs. So how do you prioritize your other kids and how have you kind of wrestled with, with that and making them feel really important and, and establishing that normal of like, this is, right. this is our life. Right. Well, one of the things that so far with Bowen is, I mean, we try to involve Bowen and Nella's care too to help us. And so that he knows it's kind of a family thing. And so that has been huge. He even says when he grows up, he wants to be an SME babysitter. And he always says, as soon as I know the buttons, I'll watch her. Oh. You know, um, so that's huge. But wow. we also do a lot of, we switch off kids. I, I, I feel like pretty much probably every parent has that. Am I giving each child, you know? So it is definitely amplified. Um, we try to give all of our kids individual attention. We try to include them all together. Um, 
You know, I feel like I used to stress out about that a lot, but I feel like recently, you know, we try to do as much for each kid as we can. And I, I feel that I've given myself grace and knowing that I'm doing the best that I can. And I'm, pre- I'm probably not giving you a good answer here. I just know that that's something that everybody who has a special needs child and has other children struggles with. And um, I have given myself grace and that I try my best and I try not to let that be one thing, more thing to stress, to feel guilt about, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, when Bowen has soccer games, we both try to go if we can, and we try to bring Nella too, and she loves it, you know? So, and she's on the sidelines cheering her brother, and it's super cute. It's hard again in cold and flu season, and honestly, like when Bowen had indoor soccer games, it was super frustrating because we couldn't both go because it, the indoor soccer center was absolutely not accessible in any way. And so, like, that's frustrating, you mm-hmm. know, because Nella would love to come see her brother and cheer him on, but she can't. So, in that instance, like, there's usually one parent, and that's hard, mm-hmm. you know, but at that time, then Bowen is getting the full attention of that parent, you know? Yeah. Well, and that, and so. going back to what you said about there's just one more thing to worry about and to, to add to your list, like you're already a busy person. And I think we underestimate how much energy and time we spend on worry, guilt, shame, yeah. like hypothesizing, anticipating. Right. Like, that is a time suck. So if you're really trying is. to manage your energy with an already very full life and schedule, you don't have room for that. And so I'm really no. glad for you that you've been able to release at least a large portion of that so you can spend your energy on things that actually matter, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I, I know that I am giving my very best. I know that my husband is giving his very best. Bowen has never verbalized that he feels left out in any way or that Nella is getting more attention. And if he does, then maybe we'll have to take a step back and be like, okay, we need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. But um, I think he's doing great. And I feel, I really hope that him one day he will see, you know, my parents were given something hard and they tried their best. And I'm praying that from this, he'll see that we were brave and he'll learn resiliency and he'll, you know, um, I just hope and pray that when he grows up, he will be confident and that we were doing the very best for all of our children, you know, um, and that if he were to be handed something hard, he would say, okay, like I've seen this, I, I, I know what to do, you know, it's hard, but I can do it, you know, so I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm making sense with this. Yeah, no, and in the same way, I think you're the perfect mom for Nella. I think your kids are also equipped and prepared and destined for to be a love and a support and yes. the perfect sibling for their right. siblings I agree. in all situations. Yes, and like I said, Bowen, I mean, he isn't even phased by children who look different mm. or children who have a disability or, you know, he's come along with us to hospital appointments and there are kids walking down the halls with, halos you know and he doesn't think and he, he doesn't take it he's not staring which honestly I, I when I have that fear too you know I'm sure other parents always have that fear of what how is their child going to react when they see another child who's different and sure. I, I have that too with Bowen you know but I've been blessed that he we talk a lot about how everybody's different and everybody's body is different and you know and 
so far it's working, mm-hmm. you know, and so far he seems to understand. And I, I, I'm not saying I'm, we're perfect with this at all in any way. I'm just saying so far we've been okay, but. No, no buts. You're doing great. <laughs> You're doing a great, great job. And you just keep going and you yep. just approach each new season and each new thing as it, as it comes. That's any, all that anybody can do. So you use the term anticipatory grief, and I've never heard of that, but man, is that an insightful term that could free up so many people that I'm sure suffer from it. I think definitely if you have a medically fragile child, that is a huge part of it, but I think there's a lot of situations where people could be suffering from this and not know it. So 100% yes. It's actually the most complex yet least studied form of grief. Wow. So so how do you deal huge. with it? <laughs> tell me tell me all the I answers. Mean, yeah. I know. And like I said, some days it's it's quiet and it's hmm. but then some days it's loud and it's roaring and it's you know, um just this last October, one of my very best SMA mama friends, I on the phone with her chatting, we're talking about we were talking about a pillow, how to help her SMA son thrive in school we're looking for a new pillow to help him do better and 30 minutes later I get a text that says she has no heart rate please pray and it's like I I was just talking to you you just sent me a picture like you know and that night I had to drive up to Omaha two and a half hours away and go to the hospital and hold him because it was my last night with him you know because he passed and it's like I feel like just that when I had gotten to a point where it was like, okay, then it's like something like that will hit and spiral you Mm. back, you know? And it's, it's, that has been, I think my best SMA mama friend losing her son, who's two weeks older than Nella out of nowhere, um, which can happen at any single time, anytime Mm -hmm. it can happen, you know, it's just, like that is anticipatory grief, knowing that can happen, you know, yeah. and living it. And it it's hard. And I, I don't think I have like the right words to say how to deal with it because we just, it's there and it's a part of our life. And I mean, every single morning I just wake up and say, God, just please give me strength for whatever comes, you know, help me to adapt, help me to know what to do, help me to be strong and for it to be a good day. You know, I it's such a complex, we're so complex and I don't know if there's necessarily any, anything to make it better. You know, Hmm. you just, um, and I've actually really taken a liking and I'm wanting to dive in because there's so many mothers like me who it's like, this is the life we want because we want this life with our child. But, um, a lot of us are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder chronic traumatic stress disorder, anticipatory grief, you know, and um, I'm just trying to figure out what is the best way to support these mothers? Mm. What is the best way, you know, and I feel like I'm very blessed in that I have great family support. My husband is amazing. I have great girlfriends, both my girlfriends who were with me, you know, before all this, and then the girlfriends I've met along the way. And I'm, I feel like I'm fairly good at knowing what I need, like if I need prayer or if I need, if I need to seek out another mom who and say, Hey, I have these feelings. Can Mm -hmm. you validate them? You know, Mm -hmm. and I'm very, 
I feel like I'm very good at doing that, but I know other moms aren't, mm-hmm. you know? So I've actually been trying to figure, trying to delve into research and ask other moms. And it's something new that I've been thinking about. I just want to support other moms and dads too, in any way that I can on this journey, because it's here, like we don't have a choice. So how can we best support each other? Mm. Wow. I can't wait to see what that looks like for you. Well, it's just the beginning, but I'm really hoping that we can do something with it. Oh man. I mean, just even the desire to want to do that for somebody else and, and to, and to know that you don't have all the answers and you're in the middle of it too. And you're still grappling, but it doesn't mean you can't also lift somebody else. Exactly. You know, exactly. and I think, gosh, that just speaks to such a wide audience of people that feel like they're in the middle of something and, but I don't know all the answers and I, and you know, I mess up sometimes or whatever, like, no, just show up where you are and you don't know who that's going to help. Look at you. Exactly. Ah, oh, Grace. Ah, oh, you're just so, you're so amazing. And I know that everybody listening can just hear the conviction of, of choosing joy and choosing you certainly didn't choose your circumstance, but you're choosing your perspective and your attitude and you're choosing to get up every day and do it again because it's worth it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That is extraordinary. Very kind words. Thank you. I mean it. Well, Grace, I always ask my guests three final questions and these are them. So the first one is, what do you think your purpose is? I absolutely think it's just to help people in any way that I can. Um, I know that sounds cheesy and that's like, I promise it's not, it's not me just trying to say that, Oh, I want to help. Like I literally want to help because of the way that others have helped me. Like, I feel like I, I need to get back, give that back. Mm. And, um, I feel like there's nothing greater on this earth than helping someone else in any way. And I'm and just in any way, you know, sending a text message and saying, Hey, how are you? Um, can, what can I help you with or sending a coffee or I don't know, like even if it's just little ways just to, I don't know. I just want to help take care of everyone that I can <laughs> while I can. Yeah. I know that sounds so cheesy. No, but... it doesn't. And I think so many people would probably give you the pass to be like, you just do you, you worry about you. We'll take care of you. But I'm sure that the second that you take a few minutes out of your day to send that text or drop that coffee or whatever it is just to extend, it's it's not all for them. It, bolst- it bolsters you too, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I think that's really important to remember. So the next question is, what makes you smile? <laughs> uh, definitely my family, my friends. Um, you know, just... I have sweet girlfriends who they send me funny memes and funny, you know, they like, they don't necessarily know how to, they don't get the medical side of my life, but they just, they're still there to make me smile and just kindness of others and my family. I just have a lot to, that makes me smile and to be grateful for. What makes Nella smile? (laughs) (laughs) She is so funny. Um, she's such a little girl in that, like, um, her older brother, she loves her older brother. Anything he does will make her smile instantly. She's so funny. The other day, I uh, <laughs> this is going to be TMI. I tooted and I said, oh, excuse me. Girlfriend laughed for like a good five minutes. Like, she's totally five, 
you know? Like, she thought that was so funny. She loves her daddy. She loves feeling her daddy's beard. Every day he comes home from work, she just feels his beard. And it makes her so happy and giggle. And, you know, it's just silly things like that. But then again, she's five, and she's a girl, and she loves everything girly. So that always is a way to make her happy as well. I love it. And the final question is based off the title of the podcast, Everyday Extraordinary. And I would venture to say that most people, when they wake up in the morning, don't feel that extraordinary. They feel like they're just doing their life. They're doing their thing. They feel very regular and very ordinary. But I would venture to say that we're all extraordinary. I would venture to say that as God created us as unique individuals with unique interests in this time, in this place that we're in, we're meant to contribute. And we're meant to contribute something amazing. And when we don't believe that, we're selling ourselves short. We really are. We're selling the world short of showing up. Yes, and I agree. so I want you to be brave and I want you to identify something that makes you extraordinary, Grace. Oh, this is so hard. <laughs> um, I think it's just that I just want to help in any way that I can. I have been, I don't, I feel like, I can show others that, you know, you can be handed very hard cards. And instead of being like, this is not being mad that those are the cards that you were, it's, and saying, these aren't my cards. Like, I can turn it around and say, all right, well, I'm going to play the hell out of them. And I'm going to (laughs) help others the best that I can. And I'm, you know, this time on earth is so short. What can I do? for others and I feel like in the last five years since Nella's diagnosis because others have shown me this great kindness and caring that it has stirred up this in me into where I want to take care of my family the very best that I can and I want to take care of my friends and I want to take care of I just want to help people to feel better (laughs) and make it through another day because this life is hard for everyone so yeah I think you're just truly extraordinary, Grace. This has been such a privilege to get to talk to you this morning, and I just feel so inspired. I'm going to go hug my kids and just enjoy this precious day. You are so amazing, and please keep me updated on anything that you guys have going on. I'd love to share these resources that you create, whatever they look like. And at the very least, where can people find you online? I am online at Bowen, Nella, and Co. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then we also have Nella's prayer page, which is called Prayers for Nella on Facebook. And I'm, I'm, I'm probably more on Instagram a little bit more, but either place you can get a hold of me. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica. What a warrior. Oh, she is a warrior of a mom and she is just a warrior woman. Look at her go. Grace, we're so proud of you. And we just do continue to pray for Nella and for good days ahead. We love it. Thank you for sharing your story. If you want to see beautiful pictures of Grace and her family, cute Nella and her boys, you can go over to my Instagram at jessicadalquist 3 or at Everyday Extraordinary Podcast. Still working on merging the website. So for now, just go to extraordinarymomspodcast.com. That's still the best place to find all the details and show notes. You guys are the best. I love it when you share the show. If you think there is somebody who needs this episode today, will you click the three buttons in your podcast app that will then allow you to share? There's three dots. 
not three buttons, three dots <laughs> over on the right-hand side of the episode. You can then click share the episode. You can text message somebody. You can post it to Facebook. You can screenshot the episode and be sure to tag me so I can say thank you. I love it when you share the show and it helps people to find new podcasts to listen to. And maybe this is just the message of encouragement that they needed today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited for next week. I've already recorded the episode, so I can already tell you. It's Kelly Mendel from Studio DIY. She's coming on to share about her professional journey as well as the adoption story of her son, Arlo. She is just magnetic and electric and vibrant, and it's just a great conversation. So I can't wait for you to tune in next Tuesday for that. So we will see you next Tuesday, everybody, for another extraordinary episode. Bye.